Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Amboy by Alvin Kalin. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Hey, before we begin, RIP DMX. <gasps> Thanks know. for the good music, my friend. Oh, he was a, such an interesting character. He was. Grew um, orchids. Yeah. He's family man. Had a tough life. Yeah, he did. Oof. Well, welcome. On that note, <laughs> to Tasty Pages, right? a podcast from Cooking the Books. Uh, before we jump in, um, if you would like to show your support for us and the podcast, you can do so by going to our website, which is wecookbooks.com. You'll see a store tab there that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. We've got both a list of kitchen essentials for home cooks as well as a list of cookbooks that we've enjoyed featuring on our Cooking the Books Instagram feed. If you make a purchase from either of those lists, uh, it will not cost you anything more, but we'll get a little bit in return. And it's a great way for you to get something that you uh, want or need and support us in the process. So thank you for that. All right. Uh, want to talk about what we are currently working on? Yes. Uh, All right. Right now, we are working from a book called Food Between Friends uh, by Jesse Tyler Ferguson of uh, Modern Family fame and his friend, Julie Tanos. They're BFFs. Yes. Um, And yeah, we have one more dish uh, to make from it tomorrow, which which will be sopapillas. And for dinner tonight... We are having molasses and coffee pork chops with wilted radicchio. You had me at molasses. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling really snacky and I'm very tired. You're today. also stoned. No, I'm not stoned right now. <laughs> I I seriously don't think I could do this if I was stoned because I'd be like, duh. I feel you. I'm just making fun of you. <laughs> Hey, I want to talk a second about that documentary we watched the other night. Oh, uh, Ringmaster? Yeah, so this was an interesting one. And I think for people that are into food, which presumably the listeners are, um, they might enjoy. And it's kind of an obscure one. We, we watched it on Amazon Prime. It might be available on other platforms too, but it's called Ringmaster. The premise, premise of the show <laughs> from IMDb says uh, an aging chef from Minnesota, our home state, uh, has his life turned upside down when a relentless filmmaker from Las Vegas tries to make the chef's onion rings world famous. So this guy grew up in a small town in southern Minnesota. Mm -hmm. He worked at a few various restaurants around there, including one that was kind of well-known in the area. I think it was called Michael's. Mm -hmm. It was a steakhouse. Yeah. It was the fancy restaurant in town. He was kind of tasked with making these onion rings, which, you know, the locals really enjoyed and and flocked to. And then when he moved to other locations, these people would, you know, presumably follow and, and, you know, want his onion rings. And then uh, did this filmmaker grow up in the same town or nearby? I think that was how he kind of knew of, yes, of this guy. Yes, and his mom knew, knew this man and his family as yeah, well. Yeah, and then it's, it's a... 
interesting documentary because you think it starts off as being about one thing, which is this chef and the onion rings, but then it kind of turns into something else. So you really have to stick with it. It's it's an <laughs> <laughs> that was all. She says hi. <laughs> it, it's kind of like an inception of a documentary there you go. because it starts out as one thing, but it ends up becoming about kind of two separate different issues. Yes. Um, Not at all what you'd expect. Right. And but, but it's a good payoff. I, I recommend it. Yeah. So Ringmaster. Yep. On Amazon Prime. Documentary. Go, I'm sure you'll find it. Go watch it. Yep. And, you know, can't go wrong with onion rings. I haven't had onion rings in years. I mean, I don't know that I'm that nutty about onion rings to make a documentary about it, but, uh, you know, thank, thank good, goodness for the people that do. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. Should we jump into the show topic? Yes. All right. So we put this out to everyone on social media. Thanks for all the submissions that we received. This is going to be a good one. So if you could choose your last meal on earth, what would it be? And before we share our answers, we'll... Uh, We'll mention some listener suggestions here. You want to start? Yes. Uh, Mike T. said savory black beans and rice. Way to aim high, Mike. Come on. It's your last <laughs> meal on earth. You're going to have beans and rice? Maybe the beans and rice are really They better good. be some goddamn good <laughs> beans and rice because, uh, you know, last meal on earth, I need something more than that. Okay. And Mikey B., Mike, you are speaking my language with your answer, and I love you and I miss you. Yep. Um, boneless ribeye with blue cheese butter. Yes. Uh, criminy mushrooms, roasted Yukon gold potatoes with Parmesan, washing it down with iced tea, and dessert is a pecan shortbread cookies. I love it. And I'd eat it really slow. I mean, if it's your last meal, <laughs> right? you might as well like drag it out a bit. Nice. Uh, Kairos D. And this was an interesting one because I was not familiar with this. It's uh, Potitsa, which is a Slovenian nut roll. Um, traditional festive pastry from Slovenia. And he would have that with a cinnamon cream. Oh, so he's just going with the sweet aspect. Yeah. All right. Someone's got a sweet tooth. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Yes, Mataz, Chicago. Hi, Yaz. Uh, said Asobuko. Solid choice. Yep. Can't go wrong <laughs> with that. Uh, at Jay is in the kitchen. Said uh, Christmas dinner, without a doubt. I love that. Yeah. Good Christmas dinner. Celebratory. I, I love, love it. it. Uh, hit so me with cute. the next one. Um, Shelly KVD said duck confit and chocolate mousse. Presumably not together. Together. Because <laughs> that'd be a little weird. Sounds awesome, though. Yeah. Yum. Uh, Ryder Rhiannon said uh, spaghetti and meatballs topped with a ton of Parmesan cheese. Simple and classic. Yeah. I love it. I could go for it. Yep. Um, the girl who ate it all and more, lasagna that sticks to your ribs with the right amount of cheese. There we go. See, and I think the right amount of cheese is all pounds the and pounds <laughs> All of the cheeses. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at Chopstick Meets Fork said uh, hot pot. Mm. Can't go wrong with that. Yes. Uh, give me meatloaf said carbonara from Rome. What about carbonara in Rome? I mean, if it's going to be your last meal, <laughs> right. you might as well go pick it up instead of having it delivered. <laughs> yes, please. Um, Jen at Jen Wright said bun bo hue, um, which is a popular Vietnamese soup containing uh, rice, vermicelli, and beef. What did people do before the internet? I know. And specifically Wikipedia. Because I had to look up <laughs> all the stuff she mentioned. Um, laksa, and that's a spicy noodle soup. Um, 
it's Malaysian, Southeastern, or yes. South Asia, Southeastern Asian. Um, and it has wheat noodles or vermicelli, and it's got chicken, prawn, fish, and it's uh, served with a spicy broth that can be coconut. So I would... I- We don't have the book in front of us, but I'd be curious to know because we just finished Coconut and Sambal recently, which was an Indonesian cookbook. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if there was a recipe for this in that book. I I believe there was. Yeah. I think there was. That would have been interesting to check out had we known. Um, There's more for that one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was just just like the, the... First course. This is... This I love it because this kind of inspired my answer too. Well, and she's kind of a woman after my own heart because she's like, just give me all the, you know, all the food. Yep. Um, and she also said Ma's duck with uh, shiitakes. Yep. Um, yum. Uh, rage pepper deli. What is rage? Ragu. Oh. I think, uh, <laughs> autocorrect. Got me again. <laughs> Same with, you know, change nudes to moods. <laughs> Goddamn spell card. How about I decide how I want to spell something? I, he says that every single time oh, when he's typing something. It drives me bananas. All of a sudden, he'll be like, "How to correct?" I need to disable that. <laughs> I think it's more trouble than it's worth. Eh. It gets it gets me into more trouble more often than it saves me. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Uzi Kanefe, and I, and I apologize. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but it's a traditional Middle Eastern dessert. Made with uh, shredded phyllo pastry, um, soaked in sweet sugar-based syrup. I know the I know the dish they're speaking of. Mm-hmm. I've seen it many a time when we were at Middle Eastern grocery stores and whatnot. Um, typically layered with cheese or other ingredients such as clotted cream or nuts, depending on the region. So that that's quite the menu. Mm-hmm. That's ambitious. But hey, Indeed. last meal. Go for it. You got to fit it all in. Uh, Maxwell Gregory, 2018, said oysters. Can't go wrong with that. I can only eat so many of them, though. Yeah. Death I'm, by oysters. I'm That's good. what would happen. I'm good at about three. Yeah. Three, maybe four. I can appreciate some good oysters, but just in moderation. And then lastly, Pekka uh, Bakery said really good bread and butter. I feel yeah. I mean, I'd I'd probably want something a little bit more for my last meal, but yes. uh, you know, I can appreciate the simplicity of a good, fresh baked bread and and good quality butter. Oh, nothing like tearing into that loaf. Yeah, like oh, mm. I, I feel you. Okay, so what what would you have for your last? So dinner? I kind of drew inspiration from uh, you know the the one that we just spoke of Gen where. Rights. I figured if you know if this is the last meal on earth, and this you know presumably you know. You know that your your time is is coming to an end. I figured I would kind of lean into all these different dishes and foods from my uh, past that kind of and this and this kind of piggybacks on a recent topic that we had for the podcast where we we're talking about like food memories mm-hmm. and memorable me- meals. And so I thought like I would just kind of replay like a greatest hits of all these foods that hold real special memories. To okay, me. this is going to be interesting. Yeah. So I'd start it with uh, what I call garbage pizza, <laughs> which is when you and I first started dating many years ago because mm-hmm. we're old. Um, we both worked at a record store and oftentimes we'd work nights and we'd get done in the evening and then we'd go hang out and you know do something or drink or whatever, watch movies, and we would make these epic 
garbage pizzas that would start with like a like a store bought crust, the bobbly crust. Yep. And then we would just pile on like the entire produce section from the <laughs> from the grocery store. That's right, because we were vegetarians them. at this time. Yep. And so I mean, there literally would be like a foot of ingredients on there. We'd get like a whole onion and a we'd... whole entire head of garlic. Oh my God, we must have smelled so bad the next day. <laughs> my apologies to anyone that we had to speak with. Um, and then, excuse me, you okay over there? Uh, I just choked on my own spit. Oh, okay. And also about that, this record store that we worked at was open till midnight. Yeah, so, so we're talking like late night dining. Yeah. So sometimes we would come home from work and we're, I mean, we're eating dinner at 1 30 at night. <laughs> it's so not healthy. It was like, it was like the night shift. <laughs> so you know, begin with that. Okay. My garbage pizza. Then I would uh I would want your burger with the bourbon poached pears and oh. brie from Kuma's when you were a cook there. Oh thank you. Yeah. What else was on that? Uh it was um Brie, bourbon poached pears, and pancetta. There we go. I forgot about on a pretzel pancetta. bun. So I'll have one of those, please. Okay. And then uh, I'm flattered. Yeah. Thank you. Hey. You, 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 most of these are memories are are surrounded by are, are centered around you, I should say. So well, um, don't I feel like know, queen we, of the we day? We got some history. <laughs> and then uh, this one's kind of interesting: lake trout. And the reason I chose it is because I remember going on a fishing trip on Lake Superior with my grandpa and we and he got like a chartered boat and we went out and I was probably a early teenager at the time okay 13, something 14. that you've never told me before yeah. we've been married for over two decades fishing with my grandpa I and mean I, I would still, go fishing I've, with I've him never heard frequently. the story yeah I mean but you know we we were in the land of 10,000 lakes I, yes for what it's worth um but uh, yeah big fishing trip and we actually caught some lake trout so what I would do is like Get some of that, maybe pan sear it, maybe and papillote. Do something nice and simple, okay. but it would just bring back memories of, of that that time. Uh, I definitely want some fried chicken in there. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna be busy <laughs> making me burgers and fried chicken. I will do on it. My deathbed. I will do it with pleasure, my love. All right, and then <laughs> smoked turkey leg from the Minnesota Renaissance <gasps> Festival. because oh. that we used to work out there, and that was our our one of our go to foods. Although, and then uh, after hours when the concession stands would close and we would all like um, uh, run around like a bunch of rats. Yeah, or d- we'd descend they, on whatever food was available, like vultures. They'd bring yeah. out these hotel pans yeah. full of the leftover food no at the end of the day. No napkins, no... All of us half half in the bag, people... No uh, polite no uh, behavior <laughs> or anything. Every every man and woman for themselves. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and uh, then we'd go on to smoke pork chop from the Minnesota State. <gasps> Yum! Oh, it's been a few years since yes, we've had it one. Has. Oh. I'm looking forward to enjoying one of those again. Mm. And then I was I was trying to remember something that I enjoyed from my childhood because um, we talked about this before. My mom was not like. A bad cook, but she wasn't a great cook. Yeah. But she put food on the table for us every, every night, and that's important, and I appreciate that. So, um, But one of the things I remember really liking was her meatloaf. Okay. Even though it had like American <laughs> cheese slices layered on top of it. And okay. A little different than probably what I would make now if I was it's to like make It's like a cheeseburger loaf. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but I have fond memories of that, and I, I know I always enjoyed it. If it was meatloaf night, Johnny was happy. So, okay. Um, for dessert, 
I would do some French cruller donuts because I remember when I was a teenager, there was a bakery near my house that I would ride my 10 speed up to, uh, especially during summer break from school. And I think they were like three for a dollar. Um, I'm sure they were really shitty. I, I don't remember them being like delicious, but I was certainly no gourmand back then, nor am I now. But uh, I just remember like this very specific, you know, buying a bunch of those, gobbling them down because I was a teenager and I had like ridiculous metabolism and could eat anything I wanted to mm-hmm. without consequence. So I just, yeah, I'd probably eat like 20 of those or something and then go watch a dollar movie. Or something. Go watch <laughs> the dollar Police theater. Police Academy 3 or something. <laughs> Uh yeah, so the French crawlers and then German chocolate cake because that was my favorite cake growing up. Yes, and then maybe throw in some blueberry pancakes too. Okay, which we just had this morning. Yes, we had cornmeal blueberry pancakes. But when we first started dating, and we were kind of, I was kind of courting you. He would that make was a me. Thing. He would make me pancakes in the morning. Yep. Oh. Back when you ate breakfast. Back when on I a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> and we used to go out to breakfast. All I know. the time. And now it's like pulling teeth to eat breakfast. <laughs> I'll have my cup of tea in the morning. And he's like, that's not a meal. That's yep. not breakfast. But yeah, but, I, I think that's a pretty good menu. I mean, I'm sure I could add more things to it to prolong the inevitable. Okay. So, I mean, if I could turn this into like a several year long meal. You're just gonna I, just yeah. keep eating. Not done. Same <laughs> meal. Same menu. What about you? Um, duck leg confit. Okay. Um, lamb chops, Valencay cheese. And f- when I, uh, one of the restaurants that I worked at served duck leg confit and had Valencay cheese for, uh, on their, on the cheese board is one of the options. Um, and so I used to make, I used to take some bread. Oh, oh whoops. You okay there? <laughs> Disaster. Disaster. You're getting pretty animated with your... (laughs) Um, I would take some bread, spread some Valencay cheese on it, shred up some duck leg confit, stick it under the salamander for a couple minutes. Mm. There you go. Yep. And then then pretty soon people were like... Like Chad, the guy who uh, uh, was the wine director, would be like, can you make me one of those? Off menu item. Yep. Nice. Um, Let's see. I'm getting off track. Uh... For dessert, I would have funfetti funfetti cake with cream cheese icing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can make that happen. <laughs> and then I would wash it down with a dirty martini with an obscene amount of blue cheese olives. All right. Not bad. I, I we we didn't really specify like who's paying for this food <laughs> because you know your your first few items could get a little pricey. Right. You might have to just settle for like a ham sandwich or yeah. something. Yeah, the Valencay is pretty pricey. Yeah, as, as is duck like confit and those <laughs> lamb chops. That's a good list. I'm an hey I That's I'm fancy. an I'm an expensive lady. Yeah. I have a champagne. I have a wait what champagne taste on a light beer budget. I have. A, <laughs> Malort heart with a I don't know where I'm going with this steak and blood. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was great. Okay, that was, that was a good topic. Good talk. <laughs> All right. So uh, Amboy, Alvin Kalen, mm-hmm. uh, Filipino cookbook that kind of uh, combines his um, upbringing as as like an American Filipino. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And what else can we say about that? We have a neighbor, Rose, who we love dearly, who is Filipino. So, we, you know, on occasion, she will just get a random knock at the door and she'll have like a big tray of uh, lumpias yes. that she made from scratch. And she's so cute because she'll add, she makes out these little cards that have, um, that have uh, all the ingredients and preparation instructions and um god and, bless rose yes and actually we uh sent over when we were working from this book we sent over some pan to sell yeah because we had so many wanted to and, get the expert opinion and if we did it right or not and apparently they were very good and they approved yes well you want to talk about the dishes we made yeah um so we did the aforementioned pan to sell um, which are like a sweet roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, tilapia fish sticks. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, Danilo's uh, pancit canton, which is uh, Chinese style noodles. Yep. Uh, Filipino spaghetti. Yes. Um, ratatouille adobo. Uh, the bone me, which is a sandwich. Stupid name. Good sandwich. <laughs> and fish sarciato shakshuka style. Good and, stuff. Yes. So... So the panda cell, these were just basically like dinner sweet rolls. Um, we made a batch of them. I could see them being uh, used con- for a few different things. Yeah, and they're kind of, well, it, he says in the book, they're kind of, uh, if, you, if you don't have panda cell, um, you can use uh, the Hawaiian sh- sweet bread. I feel like Hawaiian sweet, the Hawaiian sweet bread is sweeter than the panda cell. Agreed. But that is what came to mind when mm-hmm. I was reading the description of this. Um, so they could be used as like a hamburger bun for some sliders, which uh, did we do that? If we did uh, pork. Yes, we made pork sliders with kimchi and spam on and an egg. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, on the panda cell. Yeah. And those and little buggers are, the, the those rolls are messy because they get rolled in breadcrumbs before you bake them. Yeah, you need a broom when you eat these. <laughs> broom in a dustpan. You will never get lost while eating panda cell because or, there will be a trail crumb. A remember crumb those of little handheld little vacuums for dusting up crumbs? You could just have one of those in your hand and just like vacuum your shirt when you're done eating. <laughs> A dustbuster? Yeah, yeah, those things. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of busting dust, you're you're vacuuming up uh, panda cell crumbs off your <laughs> off your flannel shirt. But they were super good, of course, because you know it's bread and yeah, yum. <laughs> and they freeze well, so I mean, it took us a while to get through these, but we used them for a variety of meals. Mm-hmm. So. No complaints with that one. And you did a very good job. Though they were all him. He he he's the bread guy in I'm the family. I'm into the bacon stuff. <laughs> Want to talk tilapia fish sticks? Yes. Although we didn't use tilapia. We didn't. We used basa, which is a kind of a, a Asian catfish. Yeah. Um, We've mentioned it before, and it's kind of our white, sturdy white fish of choice. Mm-hmm. If we if we have one. Yes, and I could not tell you. The last time that I've had fish sticks, uh, probably when I was a kid from, and they were like the Gorton's fish sticks. So this dish, along with others in the book, really kind of pay tribute to his upbringing. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a lot of that in the book where they're kind of what, 
I mean, I, I don't want to do them a disservice by calling them like novelty dishes, but for lack of a better word, that's kind of what it is. It's just like things that kind of remind him of, of his childhood mm-hmm. growing up. Um, and I was amused enough by the description to, to try them. And you were See, here's, generous enough to humor me. Here is the thing. He does it all the time. He will pick something ridiculous because he has some kind of vision for it. I mean... Fish sticks, and and then we we did a photo of of them on like a plastic cafeteria tray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it 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 brought me right back to my youth. I'm glad you amuse yourself. I, I did. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, this also had the distinction of uh, creating this very frustrating mayonnaise making experience, which um, I think I counted six different attempts between the both of us okay yeah yeah this makes us sound like complete nincompoops i like, don't know what it was the, I, the mayonnaise gods were not smiling on us that day and i've made so much mayonnaise and the reason we needed to is because we were gonna do a tart tart tartar i i feel like i should be doing it with a pirate accent and that's what messes me up because that's what i hear in my head tartar sauce from scratch and of course you need the mayo as the base for it and i mean we tried mixing it by hand the vitamix maybe it was the eggs that we had i yeah it could have been i don't know we tried an immersion blender we tried there was a solidly reliable michael ruhlman recipe that we we attempted and we've made it successfully many times like you said you've made it all the time in culinary school I really think it had to have been the eggs. Man, my ego is sure to take a beating. <laughs> I don't even like mayonnaise. That's the, that's the irony of it. So, yeah, I was kind of pissed off at the end of that dish. I was just like, Duh. So then we then we just, uh, as a consolation, like reached for the jar of Hellman's that we've had in the fridge forever. And- we, oh, like, we'll have, we have, like, it's, and it's a very small jar, too. It's like not quite sample size, but a yeah. little bit bigger. I mean, than some that. people would just use that for a for a one sandwich. <laughs> right? People go nutty over mayo Ugh. and ranch. Ugh. I mean, it's like Kenny Rogers said: you got to know when to fold them. Yeah. And we we decided to throw in the towel after all those attempts and just go for the the backup plan. Man, yeah, I just think about how pissed off i was yeah. and how sore my arm was yeah. whisking. we'll uh, never speak of this again no <laughs> i mean otherwise the the fish came together pretty easily it's it's coated with panko um one thing i made note of though and this is a common thing in cookbook recipes is they never tell you to season the breading mixture when you're breading something for frying it drives me crazy i season yeah. the hell out of like any and anytime you? anytime we fry anything, I season all the components, like anything that we're going to dredge it in. Yeah. Like, Missed opportunity yeah. in my book. Build the flavor. Yep. All right. Um, then we did, uh, let's talk about the the Cantonese, the Canton noodles. Yes. Um, this was a favorite from the book. I really enjoyed this. Um, kind of brought me back to... My youth and the the mall court yes. Mongolian Mongolian uh, barbecue mm-hmm. that was good. Um, Had pork belly in it. Yep, pretty pretty quick and easy to make. 
Um, there was also like shredded cabbage in there. We we went for uh, homemade chicken broth. I don't remember if the recipe called for water or broth. It was it's a pet peeve of ours too when recipe calls for water because that's just kind of a missed opportunity too. Like why wouldn't you use flavorful broth for a soup or agree? You know, so that's that's usually an executive decision we make whenever we're working from a recipe because we always have homemade broth in the freezer. Um. What else can we say about this? The noodles were great. It was like the best takeout you've ever had. Yeah. So. There wasn't a photo of the finished recipe, but I didn't feel like we needed it. No. But uh, so that's probably why it wasn't included. But, uh, you know, if you if you wanted to see what a finished dish looked like, you'd have to look elsewhere. Um, all right. One of my favorites, Filipino spaghetti. What do you think, Victoria? I wasn't a fan. Of the hot dogs and spaghetti? Yeah. And it was really sweet. Um, Surely you had the hot dogs and SpaghettiOs growing up. No. I really? hated spaghetti. I hated SpaghettiOs. Yeah, they're not my favorite. Ugh, but I, I, ate, I ate my share of them back in the day. Like the canned pastas. Like the... My sister used to go nutty over uh, SpaghettiOs and the ravioli, which I've... They're just mushy. Yeah, they're not, a, not a fan of the sweet tomato <laughs> sauce with mushy noodles? <laughs> Oh, gross. What are you, some kind of food snob? Speaking of sweet tomato <laughs> sauce, yes. this uh, the recipe actually, well, traditionally it's made with banana ketchup. Yes. Um, it does have ketchup in it, or uh, bananas in it. It does. Yeah. It, it uh, has tomato, uh, you make a sauce with tomatoes and diced banana, and you add a gastrique, which... Uh, gastrique is just uh, sugar and vinegar, and a lot of times it's used to kind of highlight a sauce, or like I will use it as a just a sauce for mm-hmm. like when we do duck, I'll make like a cherry gastrique or something. So, well, and thanks for humoring me. Yeah, that was, that was a fun dish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and that, that's that's kind of what we were talking about is like this is another one where it's just like, you know, I would I would kind of classify it as like a novelty dish from. And, and the but book it, is kind of full of that. Where but it's, it, it's but, both but the thing traditional is it's, and yeah. And more. Uh, what would you call it? nostalgic dishes from his youth? Yes. And it and it's kind of a and, you know, if you if you grew up as like a latchkey kid this might have been something you'd maybe make on your own. Um, it reminds me of something that you would like pull together yes. w- when you get home from school as yes. a kid. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's a fairly common party dish there. You yep. know, you bring out the, you serve it with noodles. You just serve a big pan of noodles and then let people dress it themselves. It would be kid approved. It would, it would be, I'm sure. Uh, when I talk about the ratatouille adobo, you, that one was all you. So um, you talk about it. It was delicious. Yeah. So I mean, it, you. Olive says hi, everyone. So you you would have a variety of vegetables that you could use. The recipe calls for tomatoes, zucchini, yellow squash, eggplant, and onion. Um, but I would I would imagine any kind of sturdy produce would work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's assembled in a dish. Kind of like I I know I did something similar where it was kind of like a a mix of like winter vegetables. You slice it and then you layer the vegetables. Yes. So you get like this nice little rainbow of color. Yeah, it's a beautiful looking dish. And then it gets topped with this uh, adobo glaze. Um, 
which is drizzled on the vegetables uh, after it's assembled. Um, great dish. We, we loved it. We made. We actually made two. We we did one in in one of our pretty dishes that we do for photos, and we ate, and then we ha- we left the second the second uh, pan of it in the oven. Yep. We, we forgot to take it out of the oven. The oven wasn't on. We just left it in there to kind of keep warm while we ate, and then you know thinking that we would take it out and. Put it, put it away for leftovers the next day, and we forgot. <laughs> Cue sad trombone music. Wah, wah. Wah, 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 wah. And uh, that was sad, because that was a good dish. It was. It would have been great to enjoy later on, but uh, couldn't do it. All right, you want to talk about the bone me? Oh, you mean the vagina sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> As we pointed out on our Instagram. Uh it's obviously a play on a banh mi. Uh, does not have the pate. Um, so bacon went on there. I, I, I don't know if the recipe called for bacon or pork belly, but... Uh, it called for bacon. Yeah. And uh, it has some cucumber, jalapeno. There um, was some pickled uh, carrot and daikon, too. Which, which is traditionally found in the banh mi. Mm-hmm. Um, which we made b- the day before. And then it had a fried egg on top. Uh, we didn't even bother trying to make mayonnaise again from scratch. So no. we just reached for the Hellman's again. Uh, <laughs> there was some sliced jalapeno on there. And is it just me or are jalapenos becoming less and less spicy these days? Yeah, I don't feel like they're very spicy. They're, they're ginormous. They are huge. From what I remember. They're and huge. They're, they're, they're like the size of my hand now. Yeah, and they're not very spicy. No. I mean, I can rub my eyes and stuff and no problem. <laughs> I mean, not that I want to do that, but you could if you wanted to. <laughs> so, t- don't rub your eyes, people. I, d- I don't need I don't need lawyers calling me. Oh my god, you are so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, not much to say about this. I mean, I think if I was craving a bon me, I would just make a bon me. This wouldn't be like a a viable alternative for me personally. It it's uh, I miss the pate. It would be really good drunk food, though. Yeah. As with that Filipino <laughs> spaghetti, <laughs> take your pick. And then, and then you wake up in the morning, and the the whole kitchen is just one complete big mess. Why are there hot dogs <laughs> on the floor? And spaghetti sauce on the ceiling. Um, all right. Uh, the next thing we did was the uh, fish, fish. Oh, God, I cannot pronounce this. Fish sarciado, uh, shakshuka style. Yeah. Um, Typical like shakshuka dish with uh, with some salmon in it. Um, good. Uh, like a lot of things, though, the challenge is getting everything to cook at the same time. Yes, and especially when you're dealing with like salmon and then eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, our our salmon was a little over, and I and see, there's so many variables too. So even like writing a recipe for something like this, it's so dependent on like the thickness of your salmon fillets, Mm -hmm. the size of them. I felt like ours were a little thicker mm-hmm. than, you know, perhaps what you might normally get. And then it just meant that, you know, they got overcooked by the time the uh, eggs were done. So, yeah. Anything else to say about that? I mean, it was tasty. It was good. Uh, and me eating salmon. Look at, I'm really, I, I'm really spreading my wings. Yep. Leaning into the salmon. I mean, the the accompanying photo in the book shows the dish garnished with parsley leaves, which are not mentioned at all in the ingredient list. And then scallions are listed in the recipe, but they were nowhere to be found on the 
photo. So just a, not an uncommon thing to happen in cookbooks, but just an observation, I guess. Yes. I mean, the, the dish won't be ruined if you put either on there or both. But it is kind of a pet peeve when a photo of a dish has something on it that is not in the recipe. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I feel like maybe, maybe they it make could some be changes a, yeah, it could be like an editing thing and you already have your photos or whatever. Yep. So. You're probably right. All right. Well, before we dive into our rankings for this book, um, we're going to go to the most critical Amazon reviews. Um, I found a one star one, which as you'll see in a, in a second was kind of unfairly um, attributed to the cookbook rather than like the shipping by right? Amazon. <laughs> I mean, and then the, there was a two star one. All right. Uh, here, I will wanna, read. You, I will read the first one. So this is from Jane. Jane. So, you know. She, she gave it a one star. Yep. And you, you, you got you to gotta properly get into Jane's character here. <clears throat> my, my acting skills are yep. uh, damaged. The book arrived with the front cover dented in several places. Looks like a remainder. Hmm? Remainder is like. Uh, Going back to my record store days, like when when there was uh, cutouts. Oh, and promos. So, okay. Well, promos or leftover product that's now been discontinued, and so they it would be like the things you'd find in a bargain bin. Like, and what what they would okay. usually do is like cut a corner out of the record, or they'd punch a hole in the CD case. Yes, Balmer. I too I worked at record stores. I, well, you know what? <laughs> but you know what I mean. I didn't know like. Uh, because we don't really use the term remainder in, no. in record store parlance. I've I've never I've never it's more heard, I've never heard books. it. Okay, I've yeah. never heard it referred to. As but that's that. what it is. Okay. Anyway, all right. Sorry, I didn't um, mean to mansplain. No, 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 no. Because I didn't. <laughs> I, I was looking at you like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the box that came in was undamaged, uh, unable to take it to various sites to exchange. Due to the COVID lockdown. Bah humbug. Whoa, bah humbug. Indeed. She busted out the bah yep. humbug. The book was intended as a holiday gift and the content looks great. Okay. That is a very unfair review. I agree. I mean, not one dish was cooked. All right. So that was the only one star one, thankfully. And then uh, here's a two star one. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing over here. <laughs> it sounded like you burped. I, I was like, it was are kind you, of. Are you gassy, Balmer? No, it was kind <laughs> of like, I don't know what it was. I'm choking on a pork chop or something. No, um, that's for later tonight. Okay, Philip. Uh, and he gave it a two out of five stars. And I got I to gotta, I gotta get into Philip's head here. Incorrect measurements. <laughs> Tried making chaparrado. It called for two cups of glutinous rice, two cups of jasmine rice, and six cups of water. That's definitely not enough water, exclamation point, for, for effect to, to demonstrate his anger. Oh, I think your reading is demonstrating it enough. Other recipes online call for about three to four cups of water per cup of rice. I don't know where he is finding these rice ratio recipes online because typically... Three to four, three to... Yeah, I mean, typically it's, depending on the grain of rice, it's like a cup and a half to maybe a cup of three quarters of water per cup of of rice. And he's talking about like three to four cups. How long are you cooking that rice for, son? Philip? Although it's not, it's... This, this actual recipe is, it's kind of like a chocolate rice pudding type 
thing. So maybe it does cook a long time. Yeah. Which, by the way, in the book, uh, it is suggested to eat it with Cool Ranch Doritos, which... (laughs) What a surprise we didn't make it. (laughs) That's where you drew the line. You you humored me with uh, Filipino spaghetti and fish sticks, but Cool Ranch Doritos dipped in... Sweet rice, you you said no. No. Uh, so then he said, uh, but I second-guessed myself and followed Amboy's recipe. The rice came out crunchy. Had to add way more water for it to salvage it. I've since lost face in, faith in following the measurements of the other recipes. Okay. I mean, we didn't, That's valid. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I guess. I, I don't think we found any errors with the recipes other than like the little, you know, finishing touch things that we mentioned already but uh all right it is a bummer though especially if that's the first thing you make out of the book and i can understand that we've we've been there Mm -hmm. it's it's not fun all right well here's our rankings graded on a scale of one to five starting with food photography and styling give it to me Uh, (laughs) we'll talk after the show (laughs) (laughs) all right uh i gave it a three um the food photography to me is where this book falls a bit short. Um, there was nothing in there that I was blown away by. I was pretty average, and I and I feel bad saying that because it's you know there's a professional photographer involved, but there was a lot of what I would consider like kind of action and kind of candid shots of him, you know, hanging out with his friends or cooking in the kitchen. There was some some sh- travel photos from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, there was most of the finished shots of the dishes for the recipes were like these 45 degree angle shots. I kind of got the impression they were probably prepared in one of the restaurants. It, you know, cause it was kind of one of those things where like he probably cranked it out in his restaurant kitchen and then like put it out on the counter for them to snap a photograph of. And they probably just did like a, you know, a day or two of, of just, you know, recipe photos for the book kind of thing. Could be. Yeah. Um, none of the dishes seem very styled to no. me. Which is, you know, I, I don't think it's that type of book, so it's not really necessarily a, a fair critique. But, I, I, you know, I just thought it was kind of average. Agree. Wasn't I, bad, I, wasn't blown away by them. Yeah, I gave it the sa- I gave it a three as well. Um, because I really did feel like the photos were fairly average. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think you this book has s- such a strong point of view and it's, you know, Filipino cooking is not something we're hugely familiar with. No. So I think you buy it more for that than to look at pretty food photos. Yes. So there you go. All right. So you gave it a three as well? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, design and layout. What'd you have? I gave it a three as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the The chapters are separated by like times of his life like in separate times they're chronological yes and so it starts off with his upbringing which Mm -hmm. is where you find the filipino spaghetti and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and then uh yeah um and interspersed there's random stories Mm -hmm. um interviews um there's a plans for a coconut grater as well as a pig roast which is completely <laughs> random um, you wouldn't let me make it no you don't like fun. i i put my foot down on that one i can't humor you all the time but think of all the fresh coconut i could grate in the backyard sure 
Talk about needing a broom and a dustpan. <laughs> I think you, you definitely need it for the coconut grating activity. Yeah. Um, but the one, I have to say it being chronological, I feel like it, if you are looking for a specific dish, it, I feel like it would make it harder. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, when you get a book, it, things are... Gr- I'm not being very... No, uh, I know what you say. Because like if, if it's like salads, yes. appetizers, like that makes it pretty easy to find a dish you're looking for. Yes. Whereas this, you'd probably need to look in the index. Yes. Or maybe I'm just being a lazy baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel you. Um, I gave it a three as well. Okay. Um, and I did appreciate how the book was kind of formatted chronologically. And, and the chapter titles are like... Pico Rivera, 1986, which is kind of his childhood. Portland Runaway, which is when he left L.A. to go to culinary school Mm -hmm. and work in restaurants in Portland. Uh, Ten summers in a row in the Philippines. And so that was where he was really getting in touch with his um, Filipino roots and and the Family members and the stuff that they would make. More tradition. Um, I, I was humored by the plans included in the book on how to make a coconut grater and a pig roaster, if you so desired, um, neither of which we did. <laughs> uh, the print is nice and bold, so it's easy to read. Um, yeah, so three. Okay. Yeah. What'd you give it for taste? Uh, degree of difficulty. Let's oh, move on to that whoa, first. Oh, look at me jumping the gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I gave it a three too. Yeah. Um, some recipes were really involved. There's a recipe for uh, pork belly that takes like four days. Yeah. Um, and some of them have a lot of a lot of steps. So if you know if you are intimidated by that, it might not be yeah the book for you. But then there's other things that are really super easy. Yeah. Uh, same here. <laughs> Look at this, us. This is like the second episode Whoa. in a row where so far we're, we're leaning into all the, the, the same scores. Great minds, Balmer. Great yep. minds. Um, I think this falls squarely in the kind of intermediate home cook mm-hmm. category. I mean, there's definitely some easier dishes to execute. And then there, like you said, there's some that are more time consuming. There is a lot of stuff that's made from scratch, which I think reflects his, uh, culinary training. And so he he doesn't shy away from, like we said, making the mayo from scratch or stuff like that. But then you have this weird, it, it's like a mix of like highbrow and lowbrow where he'll throw hot dogs or spam into a dish or mm-hmm. other weird store-bought ingredients or have Cool Ranch Doritos with some meal. So it was, it was an odd, it was an odd book to kind of evaluate. Agree. Because it's very specifically his point of view and some of the stuff I just couldn't get on board with. Well, yeah. And for taste, I gave it. So moving into that, we're moving to taste. I gave it a three for that Um, because some of his personal tastes are not my taste. Like things lean to the sweet side or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some of the food just wasn't super enjoyable for me. Yeah. Um, I, I feel you. So, yeah. Uh, I had the same. Whoa. High five. High that's, five. That's like this. We need a, a sound effect. Yeah. Effects for uh, 
for this because that's like the second episode in a row where we had the same grades. And this was like threes all across the board. Yeah. So didn't didn't wow us, didn't necessarily disappoint us. Just kind of the the equivalent of a shoulder shrug. Uh, 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 meh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for taste, I thought some dishes were good. Others were just average. But like I said, you can't fault him for his point of view because this in some ways actually reminds me of like Son of a Southern Chef that we featured previously yes. by Lazarus Lynch because it was it was, you know, he he his parents are from the South. Mm-hmm. He grew up in New York City. Mm-hmm. So it was like this weird stew of you know these southern traditions but with like his own twist on it and he definitely wasn't afraid to kind of lean into the his personality is so present yes and and but and i have to say one thing i feel olive would you be quiet um (laughs) i feel like a lot of the recipes it We're was, almost done, Olive. Cocktails are coming soon. Right? For for a lot of the recipes, sometimes it seemed like there was there was just one ingredient too many. Yeah. Like it just kind of tipped the scale a little bit. Or one ingredient that maybe should have been omitted. I guess that's kind of what you're still saying. Yes. But like, you know, you could have left off the hot dogs and you know i i realize it's it's a totally different dish then but like think of, of yeah but you couldn't leave hot dogs off because that's part of the traditional yeah, dish i i know what you're saying though so all right well there you go that's our that's our review of the book all right so if you enjoyed the show please rank and review uh follow us on social media at we cook books on instagram and at we cook books uh on facebook I think you have a joke to tell me. I do. Make me laugh. All right. Uh, so I, I checked out this restaurant the other day. I, I think you were sleeping or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I didn't bring you with. But, uh, I'm a heavy sleeper. Yep. So I, I, I ducked out and went to a restaurant and I had this uh, pelican curry, which I thought was kind of a unique dish. Um, tasted okay. The bill was enormous. <laughs> no. Want ma? No, all Not, right. Sorry, I'll try better next time. <laughs> you can't. You can't win every time, my I love. <laughs> all right, everyone. Um, thanks for listening. Yep. Have and, Have a great week. And take care, everyone. Be safe. Wear a mask. All right. Bye.